host on this show, along with my co-host, who I alternate with every week, Dr. Mike, and we come to you with the best information in healthcare available. We arm you with the information that you need so that you can advocate for yourself and your family and for your health care needs. We share the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves in doctors' lounges all across the country. We give you the inside information and the scoop on health care topics that you have a hard time reading about or finding out about. So uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you are a regular listener, we appreciate it. If you are new to this show, please um, share this information with your friends and um, and let them know that this show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. That's found at www.d4pcfoundation.org. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. And um, we are doing very interesting things still because healthcare is still in the news. And even though you don't read about this, on uh, uh, in your local newspapers very much, or you uh, may not uh, hear about this on TV. Once again, healthcare has uh, uh, bubbled up to the top as another campaign issue, and uh, just as it was in two thousand and eight, two thousand and ten, two thousand and twelve, and every election up until now. People are talking about health care. They're uh, concerned about their uh, health care costs. They're concerned about access. They're concerned about everything regarding health care. Now, what we know is that the um, uh, issue that was on the table up until this past election was repeal of Obamacare, and that was very, very easy to rally around. That was certainly the issue that Docs for Patient Care was founded on. Well, now that uh, Republicans have uh, t- have uh, claimed the White House and both houses of Congress, um, there is very little uh, excuse left for uh, health care um, still being as dysfunctional as it is, and there are lots of excuses. The the, the fact that that uh, no law can get by uh, the the uh, through the Senate, no bill can get through the Senate because of the filibuster rule. So because nothing is bipartisan these days, and. Uh, there is such a divide in politics. No, no law can get passed that would uh, uh, really solve the health care problem. We've seen things happen out of Washington that have attempted to uh, change things. We've seen um, the uh, repeal of the individual mandate um, that was uh, that was done. Um, as a uh, as part of the reconciliation bill, 
which did not require 60 votes, but 51 votes. And President Trump signed that into law. However, many people believe that by not repealing Obamacare and by simply removing the individual mandate, they've the Trump administration has actually further destabilized health care. So as a result of that, people are more uncertain about where their insurance is going to come from because insurance companies continue to leave markets and those that are staying are raising their premiums. And once again, this has become a huge campaign issue. In Maryland, the ins- the average proposed increase for insurance in 2019, the new rates are being put out there now for the next uh, calendar year, are averaging 32% increases, with the range going from 18 to 91%. The same has happened in Virginia, and there are other states that are raising their rates and uh they are um they're trying to uh 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 make make do with what they've got in the in their states but other states are losing insurers and they're leaving markets in Georgia in the individual market there's only uh two choices and they're both available on the Obamacare exchanges and neither of them are really good insurance choices. One is a Medicaid product, Ambetter, um, which operates through Peach State, which is an, uh, uh, predominantly a, uh, a Medicaid uh, 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 um, organization. The other is through Kaiser, and, uh, and both of those options really leave um, people uh, wanting for better health care options. Market Watch recently reported that uh, not only is there increases in health care premiums for insurers, but that um, what the rising insurance costs mean is that wage growth for the average employee around the country is actually decreasing because the uh, amount of money available to employees for um, for salaries is being eaten up by the insurance premiums, which are forecast to increase by about 4% across the board for group insurance in 2018. And Americans are getting less coverage despite paying higher premiums. It's interesting because some of the articles that I've recently read are now uh, discussing things that we have talked about on this show for the last uh, four years. We've, we've, uh, I, I'm, I'm chuckling because the authors of some of these articles are now um, uh, talking about the problems with uh, the lack of price transparency. How insurers are not covering uh, uh, ambulance services, and that has to do with 
um, the fact that there's no competition, and that has to do with certificate of need, which we've talked about. That in sh- that uh, ambulance services can't can't set up shop because the competition is being squashed thanks to certificate of need laws. Um, these authors are also writing about their their uh, experience at the hospital level with colonoscopy and not being able to know how much their procedures are costing. And and again, uh, we've talked about this so many times I can't hardly remember. But what was really interesting was that the um, theme of many of these articles fail to uh, really grasp the real problem, which is the cost of health care is so darn expensive. It's not the insurance companies playing shenanigans as much as it is the hospitals and the and uh, the high cost of health care um, for uh, services that should cost um, significantly less than it is costing people right now. And so this growing frustration has um, led people to once again embrace the concept of a single payer, which um, we've had Sally Pipes on this show, and she's written about the single payer experience in Canada and what a disaster that has been for Canadians. Yet um, people are so frustrated with health care right now that um, a new Washington uh, Post Kaiser poll found that 51% of Americans favored a single payer. And Gallup and Pew reported similar results last year. And this is because Americans perceive that their insurance costs are going up, their choices are down, and the value of the health insurance that they have is less with them needing to pay more and more for less and less services. And so even though people um, uh, feel that government involvement in health care is probably not a good idea, they are increasingly now wanting to uh, uh, see the government involved in health care. And for the first time since its passage, more Americans now oppose repeal of Obamacare than favor it. So the message that Republicans need to get in this coming election is that they own health care, even though they um, may not directly be responsible for it. But they've been running on repeal of Obamacare and doing something better for the last 10 years, and things are not better. They are worse. Um, the, uh, the, I think that um, the, um, the Republicans who are um, now starting to uh, sense that health care is going to be an issue are starting to talk about it, and the Trump administration is, has promised that they would fix health care, and they actually uh, have uh, brought this up again. It's bubbled up to the top, and they're now talking once again about health care. And if um, people uh, were not paying attention, um, a week ago there was a Rose Garden event um, which was attended by um, many um, 
politicians, but also by some doctors, including uh, Lee Gross, the president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and one of the principals and the the uh, leaders in the direct primary care movement. And the um, the reason for the Rose Garden um, event was to unveil the f- what hopefully is the first of um, of a uh, series of healthcare initiatives to try to uh, get the upper hand once again in healthcare because if the GOP fails to win this debate about healthcare and this mess is pinned on the GOP come uh, election time 2018 they are going to suffer mightily at the ballot box Healthcare has been a winning issue for the last 10 years, and because the Democrats owned health care up until now, they suffered because of the misery Americans are experiencing in health care. And that's going to change. It's going to be reversed in 2018 unless some tangible wins occur in health care in the United States. So with that as a backdrop, um, we're going to talk about what the Rose Garden event was all about. And um, we, as Docs for Patient Care, um, have been invited to be part of the conversation. And I am going to share with you my imaginary conversation, this show, with President Trump and try to explain to him that... He's on target with what needs to happen, changes and positive um, uh, movement in healthcare. but he is listening to the wrong people and he is messaging this incorrectly. And I think that we can help him as docs for patient care if he will give us a an opportunity to weigh in. So stay with us and we will talk about um, health care and politics in the 2018 election. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Hal, your host, and we are talking today about healthcare as a uh, uh, election issue once again. And um, we uh, left the last segment talking about the Rose Garden meeting that President Trump had, and um, at that meeting were um, the principals um, who are uh, responsible for the first portion of enactment of the president's uh, uh, initiative to uh, give relief to Americans uh, with regard to high cost of health care. And in addition to... um, uh, Secretary of HHS Alex Azar were um, the uh, director of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid, Seema Verma, as well as the Secretary of uh, the Food and Drug Administration, um, Scott Gottlieb. Um, and uh, there is a plan in place to try to uh, start to get control of the high cost of health care by uh, attacking uh, the, the drug issue, which is a huge issue. Um, in attendance was uh, Lee Gross, the president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and um, he spent the, uh, the day in Washington talking to a number of uh, people who um, hopefully will uh, be interested enough to invite Docs for Patient Care uh, people back so that we can go over some of the real items um, or other items that that uh, will uh, po- positively impact uh, health care and give Republicans um, the upper hand in 2018 when it comes to uh, messaging solutions for health care. But what happened in the Rose Garden was interesting. Um, President Trump um, decided to begin the effort at tackling the high cost of health care by looking at the problem with drugs. And um, this is a big challenge. There are four major problems in the drug market. And the first has to do with the fact that drug manufacturers have rapidly increased the uh, list prices of drugs over the last several decades, sometimes doubling or tripling, or in the case of some of the uh, drug companies where they have purchased uh, a a drug which is an orphan drug, increasing the cost of the drug by as much as as a thousand-fold, like we saw with the EpiPen. So um, that's one problem. The second problem is that government programs and private payers do not always have the tools that they need to negotiate more reasonable prices. The third problem is that many Americans, especially seniors, face very high out-of-pocket costs for drugs that they need because the out-of-pocket costs for drugs are typically calculated based on the sky-high list prices of the drugs. So Americans are now paying a, a, a an enormous amount of out-of-pocket cost for drugs that should not cost nearly what they do. So, for example, 
and Medicare Part D, which provides uh, affordable drug coverage for seniors, more than a million of these beneficiaries are in a phase of the program where their out-of-cost, out-of-pocket spending averages $3,000 a year for their drugs. It's This is just um, unmanageable for a very large percentage of our seniors. And then finally, foreign countries and uh, are, are getting their drugs at cut rate prices. And the reason for this has to do with the fact that in the majority of countries around the world, they are um, socialized healthcare systems, government-run healthcare. And so they are bullying the pharmaceutical companies to um, give them um, pricing that is unreasonably low. They're threatening those, these companies and saying that they will not allow their uh, these companies to um, sell their drugs in their countries unless they give them this incredibly favorable um, pricing. And um, they're so unrealistically low that the companies are making up their um, losses in these countries based on um, their ability to rape the American public on sky-high pricing. And so um, Americans are basically paying the load for these drugs around the world. And uh, and that is is a, a giant problem that, uh, that hopefully President Trump is going to stop. So HHS has the ability to fix these problems because they run out of HHS, the Food and Drug Administration, and the Center for Medicare and Medicaid. And, um, and so the FDA recently unveiled the Drug Competition Action Plan, and it it uh, expedites the approval of generic drugs. And so in 2017, more than a 1,000 new generic drugs were approved. That's a record number, and 200 more than have ever been approved in a single year. And that number is going to be even greater in 2018. So with generic drugs um, flooding the market, that increases competition and forces the um, the uh, pharmaceutical companies and the brand name drugs to come down in price if they wish to compete. Um, the uh, the um, other things that that uh, are coming out that uh, were. Um, that were messaged in the Rose Garden speech. There are four major strategies to fix the drug problem. The first is that HHS aims to increase competition in drug markets, and 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 I've just explained how how they're planning on doing that. Um, and that hopefully is just one of the uh, uh, tactics that they're planning on using. They really um, gave their four part plan a broad stroke approach. They didn't talk about specifics. So we really don't know exactly how they plan to implement these four pillars of their <clears throat> plan to uh, drive down um, health, uh, drug costs. But but the first is to increase competition. The second is to give Medicare Part D 
better tools to negotiate discounts on behalf of seniors so that the uh, seniors won't be uh, in a position where they have to spend an average of $3,000 on medications that are vital for them to live. The third part of this plan is to develop incentives for drug manufacturers to, to lower their list prices. And I think that that's going to uh, be, these incentives are going to be more of a strong arm approach, which may have to do with holding the patents that these uh, companies hold um, uh, hostage or hold them for ransom and not allow companies to have uh, the longevity and the patents that they have if they're going to continue to abuse the system and, um, and charge um, predatory prices. And then fourth, to develop options to lower patients out of spending uh, out-of-pocket spending on drugs. And again, we don't, that was a broad brush, broad approach, generality uh, of what they're planning on doing and the specifics of how they plan to implement that um, are not quite clear yet. So, so the Trump administration has chosen to tackle the problem of health care first by addressing the drug issue and and kudos uh, to President Trump and his team for for uh, um, taking this on because the pharmaceutical industry is a uh, a, a behemoth. It's it, it is a uh, a gorilla. The eight hundred one of the three eight hundred pound gorillas in the healthcare room, and uh, that needs to be taken on and. Uh, we we know that uh, President Trump is uh, talking about taking away the deals to insurance companies, the second big gorilla in the room. Um, and there's going to be, I hope, some some plan in place to um, make insurance companies more responsible, more responsive to American uh, uh, consumers who need insurance. And and uh, I and I say that um, because we have talked on this show before that that uh, Americans don't really need the kind of health care insurance that we have right now. They need a different kind of health care insurance, and and I'm saving that conversation for um, for. I think our next show, which I'm going to talk about the alternatives to the current system and what is happening in Atlanta here, uh, a project that I'm involved with, with uh, Hip Nation, which you've heard about, which does not um, require traditional health care insurance. And then finally, the third gorilla in the room is the hospitals, and that uh, President Trump has not talked about, and that's where if I were um, given the opportunity to uh, be in the room and speak with President Trump and his team, I would um, uh, try to explain to him why health care is so expensive and 
and that that's really the problem. It's not that insurance is expensive. Insurance is expensive in response to the high cost of health care, not vice versa. And the reason why health care is so expensive is because the hospitals have been given the keys to the kingdom. They have been given the great opportunity to control health care. And as a result of that, they have abused that that privilege. They have um, raped the system. The $320 trillion health care economy right now is being overtaken by the hospitals, which are... Um, um, assuming a greater and greater chunk of that healthcare economy. So, if I were in the room with President Trump, I would I have my wish list of items that I would like to see happen that would um uh that would give the the Republicans the upper hand in healthcare once again, would give them the opportunity to fix what's going on in healthcare and change the trajectory of of what we're seeing happen, which is increasing costs, decreasing value, reduced options, reduced choices, and and this is something that uh, we um, are are uh, you know seeing happen and. Um, and this doesn't it's it's it really doesn't need to to be that way and and there is a solution if there is the will to uh to go down that road and i think that president trump um is the guy who has that will so uh i'll uh um have my imaginary uh conversation with president trump in the next segment when we get back in the doctor's lounge so stay with us The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge, and uh, uh, thank you for 
being with us today and tuning in each week into the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Our show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. So please um, go to our website, www.d4pcfoundation.org, and please support the efforts that we have uh, put forth including this show and all the other uh, initiatives that we undertake so that we can advocate for you and your uh, family's health care. Um, there are very few people doing it these days, and uh, we are one of them. So so please uh, don't uh, let this effort die in the vine. We can't do this without you. So Dr. Lee Gross, our president, uh, the president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, was invited to the Rose Garden, and he got to talk with a number of people in Washington and hopefully set the scene for an invitation back to uh, discuss issues in health care that, um, that can only be uh, discussed by people who are taking care of patients every day on a regular basis and who understand the health care policy issues, the health care political issues, and that's what we do at Docs for Patient Care Foundation. So if we were given the opportunity to be in a room with President Trump and and uh, inform him of what the big problem is, I would... Uh, uh, start out by thanking the president and and uh, telling him that we appreciate his willingness to tackle health care. We think that the um, elimination of Obamacare is important and it is necessary, um, but there are other things that need to happen um, in parallel, not not um, in series. So, so we can see certain things take place that must take place in order to fix the mess that we're in, and it is a mess that we got into not specifically because of Obamacare, but Obamacare accelerated the mess that we were already in, and um, so kudos, President. Tr- Trump for tackling the issue with um, with pharmaceuticals. Kudos for um, recognizing that the insurance industry is a big problem. Kudos for your um, your uh, dedication to uh, fixing veterans' health care in this country because we owe it to the veterans to give them a system that works for them. But for the other um, 300 million Americans, the health care system is not working very well for um, those people. And specifically, President Trump there is there are problems with um, the the healthcare system because the playing field is not level and there is no competition in healthcare and the reason why that is is the responsibility of the government in trying to fix healthcare for all of these decades they have created a, a monster which has made competition in healthcare non-existent. Insurance companies 
are paying 97% of health care costs as a third-party um, uh, payer. Um, patients are assuming a greater responsibility for the costs because insurance companies are paying less and less, and the health care costs are going up at a tremendous rate because hospitals are taking advantage of the system. There's no competition in the market, President Trump. And the reason why that is is because 35 states have certificate of need laws. This keeps competition out of the market and allows hospitals to operate monopolies in their markets. If you go around the country to any metropolitan area, the biggest construction projects are hospitals. And they are consolidating. They're buying up, the large hospitals are buying up the smaller hospitals and getting bigger and bigger. And the the reason why that is, is because there's no competing hospitals that are, are willing to, uh, or that are able to set up shop and compete against these large hospitals that are charging predatory rates for the services that they deliver. And the federal government is responsible for certificate of need laws. They incentivized states to pay, I'm sorry, to, um, to set up certificate of need laws, and they were rewarded with government subsidies in order to, uh, to, to run these programs. A decade later, they, uh, the federal government found out that, that, <coughs> that the, the, um, cost savings that they were promised from allowing hospitals to run as monopolies weren't happening. And so they stopped giving the states the incentives to run their certificate of need programs. But the certificate of need programs did not disappear in the majority of states. And instead, it kept competition out. And so the federal government has a responsibility, President Trump, to turn this around to give states incentives to eliminate certificate of need laws just as they gave them to establish them and so i think that that needs to happen and along those lines the federal government can use the powers of the department of labor to enforce antitrust and anti-monopoly statutes that allow hospitals to prevent the opening of competitors. So um, that would be the first thing that I would do, President Trump, um, to uh, try to uh, encourage competition because, as you know, sir, competition is the single biggest factor in driving down costs because you believe in the free market system. And this would be a great step in that direction. Along those lines, Obamacare has uh, eliminated the ability for doctors to uh, open up hospitals that receive Medicare funding or Medicaid funding. Well, there, there in, in, in therein lies another problem that um, if the if uh, hospitals were allowed to be opened by doctors who understand healthcare and are more responsive to patients and are able to lower healthcare costs, 
don't you think that the hospitals that right now are operating as monopolies would feel the pressure and would lower their costs? And so that's something that can be done immediately through the HHS and the Center for Medicare and Medicaid, eliminate that prohibition and allow doctors to once again open up those hospitals. When I was a child, hospitals were hotels. They operated at the pleasure of doctors, and doctors put their patients into these facilities when they needed a hospital. Now it's flipped just the opposite, that hospitals run everything and doctors serve at the pleasure of hospital administrators and do their bidding in the hospitals. And this this could be, uh, the clock could be turned back in a good way by allowing doctors to once again own and operate hospitals that, uh, that, that receive Medicare and Medicaid funding. <clears throat> President Trump, it should be unlawful on antitrust grounds for hospitals to purchase physician practices. The there used to be a law <clears throat> called the um, the corporate practice of medicine, and that was it was against the law for hospitals to employ doctors. That's why Kaiser started. Kaiser was created because the Kaiser Hospital wanted to have their own doctors, but because of the corporate practice of medicine statute, they were prohibited from employing doctors. What they did was they encouraged the creation of the Permanente Group. And the Permanente Group is a physician-owned practice, multi-specialty, and the Permanente Group is the direct is the exclusive um, agent, the c- exclusive um, provider of healthcare for the Kaiser hospitals. That's why we have Kaiser Permanente, and those laws have been all but thrown out and ignored. You know, there is there is also laws that prevent doctors from getting together and. Um, coming together as a, as a large group if they control more than 35% of the marketplace. If they do, they are at risk for being shut down by the feds on the grounds of antitrust and, and, monopo- and, 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 and anti-monopoly statute. Why is it then that hospitals can come in and purchase all of the primary care doctors in an area and control the the flow of health care in that community. Why is it that they can do the same with specialists? Why are hospitals being given favorable treatment, treatment other different than the doctors in the community in private practice? President Trump, that is wrong. That has got to stop. And if that did stop, it would it would stem the the, the flow of doctors selling their practices in into hospitals. And when hospitals control that flow, the cost of health care dramatically increases. And so that's that's something that can be done right away. Um 
President Trump, you are a big proponent at at uh, deregulating industries. You've uh, attempted to do this in in uh, steel. You have attempted to do this in coal. Um, why don't you do this in healthcare? If you deregulated healthcare and made it possible for doctors to come together without running the risk of being shut down by antitrust or by laws like the Stark provisions, this would also um, help health care. And, uh, and I will continue my imaginary conversation with President Trump and how to fix health care immediately when we get back in the last segment. Stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being with us today on the, in the Doctor's Lounge. Um, Dr. Hal, and we are talking about uh, um, fixing health care, um, immediately giving President Trump the ammunition he needs so that he can uh, once again um, – get the upper hand on the health care debate, which will um, be very important in the upcoming uh, elections. And we've talked about the things that I would say to President Trump in my imaginary conversation with him uh, were I in uh, um, the, were I given the opportunity to, to come into the White House and, um, and, and impart on him what I know from taking care of patients and being intimately involved in healthcare matters for the last decade. Um, in the last segment, when we uh, had to break, we were talking about deregulating healthcare, just like any other of the industries that he's trying to deregulate. Right now, doctors can't even talk to each other for fear of being um, uh, um, shut down and fined because of laws that have been passed to, uh, quote, protect the public from doctors. Doctors are not the issue in healthcare anymore. They are not the threat. The threat are the hospitals, the insurance companies, the pharmaceutical industry, the only the only interest out there that is looking out for patients are the doctors. So let the doctors work together to try to fix this without 
um, facing the uh, the threat of uh, of federal uh, fines or or worse being thrown in jail. And so, deregulating healthcare can be done, you know, very very easily and right away. CMS, sir, should uh, work at leveling the the playing field with regard to payment for services. Why do hospitals get paid more for the same exact service done by the exact same doctor at the exact same facility depending on what their status is? And with that I mean, and I've used this example time and time again, if you are a doctor who is a procedure doctor, somebody doing colonoscopy, you do it in your individually owned facility, you get paid for your colonoscopy $200. If I sold that, if I was a, G, uh, a GI specialist and I sold my facility to the hospital and tomorrow the hospital put out their signage and I came to that facility, I'm the same doctor at the same place doing the same procedure, now that procedure costs $2,000. Why is it that the federal government and insurers are paying astronomically more depending on whether or not you're a hospital or you're an individual doctor? That needs to stop and the playing field needs to be leveled. And if that went away, hospitals will stop buying doctor practices because they realize they can make a fortune on what doctors are doing. And that is a crime because it is the patients that are now footing the bill. So President Trump, that needs to stop right away. You know, President Trump, doctors are burning out. And if you think that that is hyperbole or it is make-believe, guess again. More than one doctor per day commits suicide. And those who are not killing themselves literally are figuratively killing themselves and they're leaving the practice at at alarmingly high rates. And we're losing the best doctors, the ones who have the the greatest skill set because they just cannot deal with the regulatory burden of of electronic medical records and now the hoops that they have to jump through um, from macra and mips through for payment from medicare um, this is this is um driving doctors out of practice and it's even preventing doctors from going into practice who are graduating from medical school. Um, it is estimated that 18% of doctors graduating from American medical schools will never touch a patient in their lives. And much of that has to do with the fact that it is so onerous to be a doctor in practice these days that so many young people are choosing not to go down that route. We need to liberate doctors from the burdens that they face every day, Mr. President. And if we can do that, we will have a healthier provider uh, pool and a and a healthier America. And while we're talking about provider pools, Mr. President, d- don't fall into the trap. And I'm going to talk about a couple of traps in, in just a moment. But the trap that 
that providers are providers, regardless of whether they have an MD after their name or a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant, because they are not equivalent. And the um, physician extenders are incredibly important parts of our healthcare delivery team, but they are not doctors, and nor do they serve the same role as doctors. One might try to um, elevate them and equate them with doctors, but that's a huge mistake, Mr. President, so please don't try to do that. Um, I know that Secretary Azar is now talking about price transparency, and um, and Director Verma is going to require hospitals to post their fees, and I think that this is a long time coming, and if that truly comes to pass, I think that that will um, level the playing field some. I think that people need to know how much it's going to cost them when they go to a hospital for their appendix or for their broken arm. And they need to understand um, how much um, the the hidden costs are. How much are a pill going to cost? How much is, is the IV going to cost? How much is a hospital day going to cost them at the most expensive hotels in America, which are hospitals? So this is something that is a long time coming that I think we need to get on right away. So finally, I would like to share with you, Mr. President, some of the uh, the the um, uh, items, a few, a few things that have uh, been interjected by the um, healthcare left that that is uh, um, seducing people into talking about this from a position of weakness and not a position of strength. First, I want to raise the issue about fee-for-service medicine. I've heard Secretary Azar say we have got to stop paying people for taking care of sickness. Instead, we need to pay them to take care of health. Well, Secretary Azar and President Trump, fee-for-service medicine is not a dirty phrase. If you can pay doctors for wellness instead of sickness, that would be wonderful. But you know what? That's just like saying to Uber, tomorrow we want you to have flying cars or we're not going to pay you or um, the, the, uh, any other industry. We want you to do something that is completely unrealistic or you won't get paid. Fee-for-service medicine is not... A, uh, a, a a concept that is causing problems in healthcare, and if you're depending on patient compliance, them following your directions and taking their medicines and living their lives healthier and coming in for tests, going to the doctor when they need to instead of waiting until it's too late, then you can you can pay doctors for for um, keeping patients healthy. Unfortunately, that's human behavior, and doctors provide a critical role, which is taking care of patients. And if you want them to stop taking care of the sickest patients or the most um, difficult um, problems, pay them for for wellness instead of fee-for-service. So get that concept out of your mind because it is unrealistic. 
Another unrealistic concept is this concept of accountable care organizations. And this is what has led to hospitals being given carte blanche to run health care in America. The concept was that if we can corral doctors into a hospital and then make them behave a certain way, including the electronic medical record and including certain parameters that the government sets up, then health care will be better for everybody. And in fact, it is just the opposite. It is worse. And that's because accountable care organizations do not work. It is a, a pie-in-the-sky concept, and costs go up, behavior is not changed, and patient care is actually worse because hospitals are withholding services from patients because it is better for their bottom line to do so. And so get that concept out of your out of your lexicon and eliminate it because it is unrealistic. And finally a footnote and this is something that I'm myself and every American is hearing about every day which is the <clears throat> the opioid crisis. The opioid crisis is a scourge on our country and and our, on our society. And it's terrible. And it is um, something that we need to fix. And yes, there are pharmaceutical companies who are to blame because they are flooding the market with these drugs. And yes, there are some doctors who are to blame because they are giving out uh, opioids and other um, uh, uh prescription um, medications that are habit-forming. They're giving it out um, freely. But a large part of the blame has to lie with the federal government. Yes, the federal government, because the the, um, the, the, uh, a, a large part of how Doctors and hospitals, and I'm including hospitals now, are being evaluated has to do with patient satisfaction. Pain has become the fifth vital sign, height, weight, blood pressure, pulse, and pain. And if you can't read, they have happy faces or neutral faces or sad faces um, with regard to whether or not you have pain or not. And if you have pain and it's not being addressed um, accordingly or properly, then a doctor or a hospital will get a negative mark. And because in some instances payment is tied to patient satisfaction, the ability to try to keep patients happy and not have payment affected is is based on keeping them pain free and, and that means denying them pain medication when at at uh, the whim of the patients and um, and so um, doctors are giving out pain medication because they're being uh, forced to do so in this current environment. And there is a need for it, and the pharmaceutical industries 
are basically filling it. They're the drug pushers. They are allowing this to happen. But the government has to um, claim a responsibility in this. So if you wish to eliminate the opioid crisis or, or try to reduce it, then get this notion of pain as an important measure of patient satisfaction and patient satisfaction as a measure for reimbursement. Get rid of that notion. And if we do, we can get back to some semblance of where we were before.